Face podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Everybody, welcome to episode 65 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my main man, Bill at Super Dupaflex. Bill, how you doing, man? Man, doing good. Uh, kind of in a rush today. Uh, I looked at the clock and saw it was 8.57, uh, so kind of scrambling uh, to do this show, but really looking forward to doing it. Bill likes to brag that he has friends and people he can talk to. Woo! So special. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are watching us on the YouTubes or the Periscope, you see another very attractive man with us. (laughs) We got Jake Trowbridge at Jake Trowbridge. I hope I said your last name right, Jake. First of all, you said beautifully, which is rare. I get a lot of toe bridge, trow bridge, throw bridge. You nailed it, Josh. So I'm proud of you. Uh, and see, I, I almost, I almost accidentally said throw bridge, and that's just the northeast uh, New York mixed with Philly accent that some people say I have. So you would have gotten a throw bridge, you know. But yeah, you, know, you know, I got, uh, I got it right. So I'm proud of myself. So, uh, if you don't know Jake, I honestly don't know how that's even humanly possible because, uh, Jake is everywhere and doing everything. So, uh, if this is your first introduction to him, you are going to be, uh, pleased with the high level guests that we have on this week. So, uh, you know what we, uh, we're going to go right into the timeline because uh, the one big piece of news is going to be encapsulated in our first tweet here. So this is from a friend of the show, Jerry O'Shea, at Jerry Shea FF. Uh, Matthew Stafford and Dynasty, what are we thinking? All right. So obviously, if you live in under a rock or um, maybe don't have access uh to the internet or television or radio or smoke signals or anything uh Matthew Stafford was traded uh last week I, I believe over the weekend Friday Saturday-ish the days run together for me um so Matthew Stafford went to the Los Angeles Rams and uh the Bills Detroit Lions got uh Jared Goff, uh, two first-round picks, and a third-round pick this year. Uh, So, fellas, we got Stafford. He's in L.A. with the Rams. 
whole new team, whole new coach. Uh, Bill, since you are the resident Lions fan, uh, I want you to go first on this. Uh, Matty Stafford, you've seen him play for his entire career. What do you think he is going to do for our fantasy teams now that he's in L.A.? I'm not sure there's going to be like this great difference, um, you know, fantasy wise. Like, I think he'll do a little better just because the, the they won't be playing from behind as much as the Lions have. Um, I think he's a huge upgrade football wise for uh, the Rams. Um, I think a lot of people don't. I mean, they don't really realize like how good Stafford is. Like, he's just always been on a shit team, so. Um, you know, I'm just looking for it. See, in Detroit, we just, we root for the players that leave because they finally get a chance to go play for a good team. It was like Justin Verlander going to the Houston, you know, we still root for him. Stafford, we're going to root for him. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a good, a huge acquisition. I mean, they paid a big price. I think the Lions, they really didn't care taking Goff and his his contract just because they're not they're rebuilding right now so who cares if they pay him or they pay somebody else uh and they have a starting nfl quarterback rather than just trading stafford for a pick and getting you know and then you have like a bunch of young quarterbacks um you know maybe maybe something happens maybe that system was just didn't fit goff you know so um yeah, I, I'm excited about the trade. I think the, as a Lions fan, I'm really happy with what they got in return. Um, I think it was a win-win for both teams. And, um, you know, it'll be fun to watch next year. It's really going to be interesting to see the Lions without Stafford, though, man. I mean, it's been a de- over a decade of me watching them with him and knowing he was going to be there and, you know, have a quarterback with a cannon arm. And I don't think that's the case anymore. He's so- an institution. Man, <laughs> he is an institution. <laughs> so, so Jerry's question is: Maddie Stafford is he a buy, a sell, or a hold? So, Bill, what are you doing vis-a-vis Matt Stafford? Those questions are always interesting because, like, if you have them, like a hold, I think a hold is um, is probably where I'm at. Like, I don't. I, there might be enough hype that I'd be willing to sell him, but I feel like he's always undervalued anyway, so it's kind of like, okay, the hype brings him up to like where his value probably should be. So I think hold is my uh, my suggestion here. Um, I'm not necessarily sure I would buy him. I think that people might... it's People are going to react over or underreact, so uh, yeah, I think I'm a hold. All right, Jake, we'll we'll move it over to you. Maddie Stafford, is it a buy, a sell, or a hold? I always struggle with this because every time that there's a big shakeup and that there's a transition, the idea is did his value increase, like did his real value increase? And I think that we can all agree that it did by going over to the Rams in that system with those weapons, with that coaching. But everybody else also feels that way. So the price that you would have to acquire to get him now is it's so high because it's so fresh. I would rather hold or maybe sell if you can capitalize on that hype. Um, and then down the road, I even kick with the idea of like, I'll sell a guy now hoping that I can get him back later for less than what I you know, uh, would otherwise. So for me, it's a hold 
probably, but I'd be listening to all offers. Yeah, I'm going to make it three for three. I'm holding on, on Maddie Stafford. You know, it, it's funny looking at Twitter, which is kind of what this whole show is based around. There was a lot of like, Matt Stafford isn't really that much better than Jared Goff. <laughs> and then I was like, I thought maybe I forgot how to read. And then I thought that maybe, you know, I finally just lost my mind. And if you talk to people that know me, they say that happened a long time ago. But if in real football terms, I'm not bringing fantasy into this for, for this conversation. If you think that Matt Stafford is not better than Jared Goff, we're not watching the same game of football. We saw, we've only seen Jared Goff for one year outside of the Sean McVay offense. And that was not good for anyone involved. People had written Jared Goff off. I was trying not to do that thing, but they wrote him off after that first year. He's a bust. He's no good. Then Sean McVay comes in, I think kind of really tries to craft an offense around what he can do and try to eliminate a lot of what he couldn't do. And then we're like, oh, like Jared Goff is a good quarterback. Not great, not, but he, he's good. And now he's not going to be in that Sean McVay offense. I don't know what the Dan Campbell offense looks like because he was an interim coach 40 years ago for like eight games. So we don't know a full 16-game season how Dan Campbell and Anthony Lynn are going to collaborate and create an offense should be interesting, but I mean, to say that Matt Stafford is not better than Jared Goff is just is mind-boggling to me. But for fantasy, I think it's a hold right now. Jake, I kind of like what you were talking about, draft time. Maybe somebody has the 106 or 107 and says, you know, hey, like, or you have the 106 or 107. Maybe you go to the Stafford owner and go, Hey man, that trade was like five years ago. I got this shiny 106. You know, maybe you can get yourself a a Trey Lance. You know, you want a Trey Lance? He's the shiny toy, and you're gonna get people in your leagues that are like, yeah, like Trey Lance. He's gonna be, you know, the next, you know, big time dual threat quarterback. Yeah, I'll take him instead of old crusty Matt Stafford that just every year that he plays 16 games is a top 12 quarterback. So, um. Yeah, I think I think it's a uh, it's a hold. So three for three in the hold department. So just uh, Jake, what do you, do you value Stafford at right now? Like in a super flex, like twelve so team. For, yeah, twelve team super flex picks wise. What I would, I, I honestly at this point, I don't think I would be the guy sending away a one hundred six for him. Uh, at at the moment, I, I would not personally be that guy because I think that. Again, after all the hype dies down, you can get him for for less. But I mean, in true value right now, he's absolutely a end of first round worthy guy w- without question. Um, and, and I think that, again, like true value versus hype value is always so hard for me to decipher sometimes. But I, like uh, on draft day, if I'm the guy looking to try and go out and get Matt Stafford, I would pay. Uh, a 
probably seven, eight. I've got some top of the class rookies that I'm just like, I- I'm that dummy who I'm like, I know I'm going to love this guy. So I don't want to get rid of this pick. Um, but once it kind of falls off into that tier, I'm about Stafford. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I am too. Um, I think 106 is like, I-, I get a little, you know, warm and I start sweating a little bit, you know, for a trade like that. Um, I think that's a good number, Josh. You know, it's like, it's something that maybe I'd have to think about, especially depending on my team. Um, like, I'd definitely be more comfortable in the 107, 108 range. Um, I think that's a definite pull the trigger at 108 um, as of now, but I can't say that I'm super into the rookies yet. So who knows if that changes, or maybe I be, I'll move further up and be willing to pay the 106 because I'm not you know, stoked with some of the guys. I'm just not sure yet. And the the crazy thing is, uh, crazy thing, and Jake brought it up is like real value versus height value. And the funny thing is, right now is that Matt Stafford is that height value because this trade just happened. But in April or May, when your rookie drafts are happening, it's going to be the picks that have all the height value behind it because we're going to be talking about you know, oh maybe it's. Najee Harris, maybe it's Travis Etienne, maybe it, it's Devonta Smith in that 106, 10, Kyle Pitts, 107, 108 range. And we're going to be like, especially this year, there's no combine. So Kyle Pitts is going to run at Florida and he's going to run like a 4-3-5 because they clocked him at the 35-yard line and he's going to jump 47 feet. And we're like, we're going to see all of these crazy measurables because we don't have Indianapolis to kind of give us a baseline level reading on everyone. You know, Devonta Smith is going to run at Alabama and he's going to be, instead of a four, five, one guy, he's going to be a four, four, six guy. And we're, uh, he can run in the four fours. We, you know, it's, <laughs> it's going to be crazy. So, uh, Jake We're going to be running big. wild on Twitter. You know that, right? We're going to be running absolutely wild the first day that somebody posts any one of their measurements for any one of those players. We're all going to lose our minds because the anticipation is so high. Well, and we already started doing this with, with the Senior Bowl. You know, every, literally every time someone's measurables came up on a screen, there was a picture of that screen, <laughs> Javante Williams. Here's his measurables. Like, and it's like, we're like, oh my God. Oh, he's like as big as we thought he was. It wasn't a trick. <laughs> and it's like, oh God, like this is January, you know, talking about the senior ball. And, you know, we still had three more months before we even get to the draft. So by that time, man, those, those picks, you're going to say Kyle Pitts and people are just going to be like, I'll pay anything to get Kyle Pitts. <laughs> oh my God, you know. And, and Steve here, you know, just going to ask. Pitts or Stafford, you know, here's the thing. I have a feeling in tight end premium, it's not going to be shocking to see certain rookie drafts where Kyle Pitts goes 103, a 1.5, a 1.75. I mean, I've already heard, you know, Kyle Pitts is the best tight end prospect I've ever seen with my own two eyes. And it's like, I've been studying tape for two months. Yeah, and it's like I, I get it, and I, I I'm never the person that I don't like to crap on people's dreams. Actually, that's a lie. I don't have no issue. Yeah, who are you kidding? You love it. I, I haven't in my no, dreams for years. I have no issue crapping on people's dreams, but 
I am also, I, you know, there's always the film grinders versus analytics community. And I'm the, I'm the guy in the middle that doesn't watch film and I don't look at analytics. So uh, I, I never crap on anyone's <laughs> dreams. Um, that's not true. I watch a little bit of film and look at a little bit of analytics. So I'm actually more dangerous because I know nothing about either, but it's like, all right. Yeah, like, yes, I've seen Kyle Pitts play. The guy is an athletic freak, but I mean, we didn't say this about Travis Kelsey, who was drafted in the third round. We didn't say this about George Kittle, who was drafted in the fifth round. You know, sometimes, you know, you need coaching staffs or certain offenses to unlock that ability that we didn't get to see in college. And, you know, going to – here, I'm going to crap on Bill's dreams now. What yes. if what if what if the Lions at seven just go? We're taking Kyle Pitts. I'm Here cool with go. that. Here you go. But we, hey, we're known for that. We're known for taking early tight ends. So well, what the hell? But you but you have Hawk there already. So then it's like, well, how is I'm this? cool with that. No, and I, I'm not saying it <laughs> couldn't work, but it's going to. It would work. <laughs> You're Bill manifesting has, it to happen right now. <laughs> Bill has a lot of confidence in the Dan Campbell bite your kneecaps offense. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, I hey, if we win him. like five games next year, I'm gonna like, I might be turning like doing a Bills Mafia thing, but with like, um, like a safety dummy and biting the knee off. Listen, if you guys win five games, you guys bit both kneecaps and like three fingers off the left hand. Okay, that that that's five wins right there. That's what you guys uh, did yeah. to get to five. But you know, we don't we don't know what that's gonna look like. You know, we don't know what you know. Kyle Pitts with Hawk with Jared Goff at quarterback. We don't know what that's gonna look like. The, you know, and as I'm, far as he can throw the ball, so perfect. Also factually correct. Um, that that's because I looked at the analytics on that. that. You see what I did there? Good for you. All but, comes uh, back you. around. But My yeah, boy's growing up. You know, and it's we don't know what it's going to look like. So I mean, I understand Kyle Pitts is going to be big, especially in April and May. <laughs> He's going to be big, but I mean, we have to kind of. It's a wait and see. Where is he going to end up? Where is he going to go? Who else is going to be around him? Who's the quarterback going to be? So he's I'm actually the guy I'm most interested in looking at, to be honest with you. It's funny that you brought up Hawkinson and Detroit as a landing spot, because the first thing that went through my head when I got this, you know, Pitts or Stafford, well, I don't just as a rule invest in tight ends as rookies. I I, it's so rare that they hit for you right away. And the impatience is crazy. In yep. Dynasty, by the way, it, it is absurd. And I'm just as impatient as the rest. So I have no room to talk. But when they don't hit that first year, the way that people want them to hit, and by all accounts, it could be a good year for real football and for their growth. But if the, it doesn't show up on the fantasy stat sheet right away, you're going to have folks that are impatient and you're going to be able to go and acquire those guys so much cheaper. If you just wait six months, you know, Cole Komet, if you drafted Cole Komet, you probably spent a high pick on him this year, but if you waited three months because Jimmy Graham was in his way, you went out and got him for a substantial discount. Yeah, and Go we ahead, and Josh. we can bring, um, you know, someone who 
I'm low-key and probably not so low-key because I'm saying it now, trying to get in my league, though, Adam Troutman. Like, I could probably get that guy for a song right now, but you probably spent, like, a high third in a tight end premium league to get him, and he didn't do anything because, you know, the offense and whatever, but, like, you know, and, and it might be the same with Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts might be a guy kind of like, and you know, crossing positions here, but, like, Nikhil Harry. Like, you can get that guy now for, like, you know, a half-eaten ham sandwich, but, mm. I mean, when you when you drafted him, he was a high first-round pick. I mean, he was, you know, in not – I took him 101 in the league. That's yeah. right. I said it. And listen – A lot of folks did, though. Yeah, like you didn't you didn't do anything that hundreds of other people, thousands of other people didn't do. And you know, he was in that like 101 to 103 area and now like be like, "Hey, you got that Nikhil Harry. What what do you want for him? Do you have a half-eaten ham sandwich?" Literally, just, well, like what is he worth now like a third rounder? Like I've maybe. seen him on waivers in, yeah. in leagues, in dynasty yeah. leagues, with not short benches, by the way, and, and he's yeah. out on waivers, so you can easily do that. Can I just say real quick, this is all wonderful as a conversation because it feeds into my entire methodology, which is like, I almost just don't ever use rookie picks because <laughs> the hit rates, even on these guys who come out are so highly touted, the hit rates can be so off, and I would rather trade for that proven vet. So going back to Stafford, like, there's so many picks, whether it be one pick or a package, that I would be moving for Stafford on that day. For yeah. sure. For so, sure. Also, just the point about the um, tight ends and like people drafting them, you know, in the rookie drafts. How many times do you see it where when the rosters get cut down, that it's all these tight ends that they drafted the previous year? you know, that get cut and you can pick them up on waivers and they could have been, you know, and then you're the guy who picks it up and reaps the rewards because now the guy's in his second or third year and he's finally, you know, matured enough to really pop. You know, we see it every year. Like, I mean, I, I had George Kittle in the rookie free agent draft after his rookie, you know, after his rookie year. And, it's like he had 400 and some yards or something like that. But that's like awesome for a rookie, you know, tight ends. Right. So it's like people have to like kind of gain a little bit more perspective on like what's a positive result. I mean, he might not be starting for you, but like a rookie tight end that can get high 400s plus. I mean, that's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. And I mean, you know, it's, it's just something that, every person struggles with because you have to figure out who are you cutting when you have to do those cut downs. And, um, you know, you're going to put the guy, you're going to cut the guy who maybe isn't going to contribute to your team immediately. Well, and, and I want to circle back cause, cause Jake is just dropping knowledge bombs here. And if, if you aren't listening closely, you may not be picking them up, but Jake brings up a good point about what, what these rookie picks turn into. Like, you can, you know, the one, you know, Bill just said, I drafted Nikhil Harry at 101. Yeah, and you know what, you know what I did last year? And this is kind of the inverse of what Jake is saying, but this is how little we know about rookies. I was in a 14-team Superflex uh, draft, rookie draft last year. I had the 110 and the 112. 
I drafted Justin Jefferson and Justin Herbert with those two picks. I mean, yeah, I I was high. I had Justin Jefferson as my wide receiver too last bragging, year. Bragging. <laughs> I, no, I listen to a lot of smart people. This is <laughs> this is not me. I listen to a lot of smart people. But I had Justin Jefferson as my wide receiver too. And actually at 110, I was scared because I wanted both Justin Herbert, which is a guy I touted during the offseason last year as why are we not talking about Justin Herbert, at least in the same area as Tua and Joe Burrow? Not that I was saying he should have been the QB1, but we were like, yeah, it's Burrow, Tua, and then all the way down here under my screen is Herbert. And it's like, but wait a minute, this guy played at Oregon with no one because guess what? Oregon had like no one else drafted and the guy was going to the Rose Bowl. And we're just talking about him like he is a guy that doesn't know how to play football. And I got scared at the 110 pick because I was like, well, I really like Justin Jefferson and I really like Justin Herbert, and I don't know which one. Because that 111, the guy at 111 is going to take him, and I'm going to be pissed. And I finally said, it's a super flex. I got to go with the quarterback first. And I took Herbert, and I prayed the entire time 111 was on the clock. <laughs> and I, I believe that person took Rager. And then I swooped in. I don't even know if I was officially on the clock. Uh, I still picked Justin Jefferson. I was like, once all Justin Jefferson, give him to me. I'm not wasting time. Don't ask me to trade into this pick. It's not ha- – and now – but the funny thing is I used the 112. If I want to trade him in this league, now he's worth – in picks, multiple first. And Absolutely. that's the crazy thing about rookie picks is that not only do we not know where any of these guys are going to end up or how they're going to do, but the guys at the bottom of the draft can end up being – guys that you're getting multiple first for the next year if you so choose. So well, Jay- Justin Jefferson is getting multiple first. Meanwhile, what is Jalen Rager going for? The guy you took him at 111. You know, you can get that guy, I swear, you could get him for a couple of third round picks if you pestered the the owner enough to get him. The other half of my ham sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, and that's the thing, right? Like there's guys literally right next to each other that could be polar opposites in value and it's just a matter you know there's so much variance in, in selecting you know those draft picks and you know it could easily have been flipped for all we know right because the eagles wanted justin jefferson and who's to say he would have fit you know in that system and in that situation and maybe rager goes to the vikings and he's the number two guy and and blowing up so you know, so much that we can't control and it is, you know, we think we know a lot or we have a lot of information that's going to affect something and it truly is a lot more luck than we want to believe. And just as a side note, the Eagles didn't want Jefferson that bad because they could have drafted him. They took Reger ahead of him. So just right. Uh, right. But so yeah, they that's who they were considering. They, they didn't want him that bad. I'm and OK with that. And and actually, it's it's hilarious because I you know I live at right outside of Philly, and I've never seen such a dramatic swing in the thought process of a fan base of a player than Jalen Rager. 
draft night, every Philly fan I knew was literally, why didn't we take Justin Jefferson? I went to sleep after the draft, and I woke up in the morning, and everyone's like, well, I think Jalen Rager really fits into the offense well, and I think, you know, he can really do some big things. And I was like, wait a minute. Did I dream that, like, hours ago we hated him, and now, don't worry, the hate is back. We're back to hating him again. But, you know, it was just uh, it was just funny. It was, it was good, to, uh, good to see the, the ups and downs of Jalen Rager. So we're going to move on to, to our next tweet. This is from uh, co-host of the Trade Addicts podcast, Dat Network brother and friend of the show, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict. Uh, this is a two-parter. So, uh, Jake, the first part is for you. Uh, who is the best Dynasty game night host Jake has ever played with? So we'll let you answer that one first. Don't do that to me, Rocky. That's rude. <laughs> that is a terrible <laughs> spot that you would put somebody in. And just because you you asked the question, I'm going to say it's it's anybody that's not you because none of them put me in this situation. <laughs> nice. I love it. So, Rocky, uh, you automatically made it to last place on the Dynasty <laughs> Game Night hosting uh, list there. So uh, congratulations. But... Uh, <laughs> But Rocky did did hit us with a fantasy question too. Uh, so, what are you guys doing with Hollywood Brown? And, and by the way, before we get any further, can we change that man's nickname? I mean, don't you have to like kind of be a star to be high, or at least like B list to be Hollywood? Um, but we'll 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 get to that in a little bit. Uh, Rocky says he's been trying to sell him in the league and can't get an early second. Does that make him a buy or at least a hold, or would you sell for less? So, Jake, we'll let you start off. What's your what's your value of Mister Brown? Mister Brown, yeah, I'm. I'm truly not surprised that you're not able to get an early second for him at this point. Because thinking about it, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable sending a, an early second for him in, in that offense. I just don't see. There's going to be boom games. But is there any level of consistency that's going to come from him? And I don't see it. Lamar Jackson as your quarterback running that offense. I, I don't see it. So in terms of what you do with him, I would be very willing if somebody gave me a late second this year, I would I would move for a late second, honestly. Uh, I just don't have a ton of confidence in him. But that's just me. All right, Bill. Mr. Brown, what can he do for you? Janet, if you're nasty. Mm. Um, so I would say that I don't think I agree with Jake uh, about the late second. I would much rather just hold and wait until he pops and hope it's early in the season so I can move him and, and maybe take a little bit more of a profit. I just I just don't think that the chances of somebody I draft late second is going to have any more upside than Hollywood Brown. And, you know, I agree, like, the the basis of your decision I, I agree with 100% like I'm not sure I feel real comfortable with Lamar being able to hit him when he needs to I mean he he needs a big window to hit Hollywood and you know I think that the offense will at least offer that at points in time um so you just I'm, I'm just willing to risk it you know and that that's kind of the thing because the difference between me getting a late second or me getting 
you know, a mid-third when he struggles to, you know, the start the season, I'm okay because if he blows up early, I might be able to get, you know, much more. So, so that's kind of how I would play that. Um, but yeah, I don't have high hopes now unless we see significant, you know, um, improvement by Lamar. I mean, he. The offense hasn't really gotten any better than it did. You know, it hasn't improved. You know, he. I don't think his passing has improved. I mean, the first year it was just defenses didn't know what they were going to do. And, you know, they got an offseason to kind of figure it out or one team figures it out. And then, you know, everybody sees what they did to kind of, you know, put them in tough situations. And he just doesn't have that ability to, you know... I don't think he processes super fast and I think that's a struggle like so when you know things are real tight he can't just put that ball right in there and and I think you know hopefully you know with a year where he can actually practice with the team and the you know preseason and then camps and all that you know maybe he will improve more and and that's something that he needs but at this point in time I mean I agree I just i I'm not super confident in that offense at all, except for maybe, uh, um, I've already blanked on the tight end's name, Andrews. Mm. And, like, he's really the only guy I feel comfortable as a starter in that whole offense, aside from Lamar, just because of the points. No Dobbins, love? You know, okay. I mean, I forgot about him, so let's <laughs> let's say I'm okay with uh, Dobbins. Um, but I'm not as high on him as a lot of people. I think he's shown a lot of, struggles in the passing game i've seen so many drops from him that wide open like and maybe it was you know some of those were in the playoffs so maybe he was just super nervous as a rookie and it was kind of you know he didn't you know things were moving a little too quickly for him you know i hope that's it and but but yeah i mean he's obviously a play right like he's definitely a guy that i mean most people want and he i have him on many teams so yes i'm hoping for him to do well thank you for reminding this old man <laughs> bill bill you're not getting on the gus bus man what's what is going on here is he even on contract right now no i actually think he is a uh he's technically a free agent so uh but who's gonna pay him listen let's not underestimate the stupidity of nfl teams okay there's a lot of guys that didn't deserve to get contracts that have gotten contract. Bill, you've been watching football for a long time. You can't tell me that there haven't been free agents that have been paid. Old joke. I mean, it's not really really a joke, but yeah, we can say it is. It was more of a statement of fact, but okay. It's fine too. Um, We've seen a lot of players that didn't deserve big contracts, get big contracts. So it only takes one. If Lamar Miller is still signing with new teams at this point, I think there's hope for Gus Edwards yet. Oh, I, I mean, I know he's going to be on a team. I'm just saying, like, you know, like he may very much, very well be back with uh, the Ravens. Like, if, if I was him, I would definitely consider that just because, like, it just seems like he's a perfect match for that offense and, like, a perfect complement, you know, to somebody like J.K. Listen, the 49ers collect, you know, running backs and – he could end up there. I mean, <laughs> that's so true. I mean, but um, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a food analogy here because I'm I'm a big guy that likes to eat. Uh, if I if I call my local pizza place and I ask for the uh, the extra large pie, the meat lovers, 
you know, the Patrick Mahomes offense, I don't, I don't mind giving away a slice of that. You know, hey, here's a slice for you, a slice for me. We can all be happy. But if I'm just getting like a personal cheese because I'm on a diet right now, I don't want to eat a lot, you know, I'm going to be a lot more stingy with my, with my pizza. You know, and that personal is kind of the Lamar Jackson offense where there's not a lot to go around. And, you know, one of the biggest things on Twitter right now is that, you know, the Ravens should sign Allen Robinson in free agency. Okay, cool. Well, if that happens, what the hell is going to happen to Mr. Brown? Like, I mean, do we really expect all of a sudden, like, his arrow's going to go up with Allen Robinson in the offense? Like, I don't believe that, you know. So... It- I'm sorry, but if you're Allen Robinson, are you signing for a team that doesn't have a really good quarterback? That poor guy has played on so many teams with so many shit quarterbacks. It's like, at this point in my career, I would want to play. I mean, there's the, you know, the draw of, yeah, they're good, so, you know, you'll be in the playoffs and that sort of thing. But at the same time, it's like, man, give me, like, one good quarterback in my career. Well, I think we've seen that Allen Robinson isn't super concerned about who his quarterback is because when he was a free agent, and yes, I know he was coming off of a knee injury, maybe there weren't as many offers out there, but I'm sure he had places that he could choose from. He chose Mitchell Trubisky to be the man to guide his ship at the quarterback position. So, I mean, do you know yep. that he had the opportunity to play with Aaron Rodgers and he passed it up during that free agency and he went ahead and said, nope, nope, here's the guy that I want to attach myself to. Here's the shooting star, Mitch Trubisky. He obviously did it for the money because of the injury and all of that. And I understand that. But but to your point, yeah, he passed up that opportunity. I don't know, though, that he would make the same mistake twice. We'll have to see. We'll, we'll have agree. to see. But... Lamar Jackson would be more talented than all of the quarterbacks he's played with previously combined. So to say that he wouldn't be playing with a good quarterback is not fair either because Lamar Jackson is by far better than Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky and Matt McGloin. And I don't want to say any more names because I may vomit, but um, (laughs) those are the world-class athletes he has had quarterbacking his ship uh, throughout his career since college. So he played in high school here in Detroit. And, uh, you know, that's probably the best quarterback he ever had was the high school quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, that guy might be selling cars right now. And I, I still might agree with you on that. So uh, yeah. So, but if an Allen Robinson signs or a Juju signs or a Chris Godwin signs in, Baltimore, like there's going to be no value in Hollywood because Hollywood couldn't even take that next step as really the only wide receiving weapon on that offense. I mean, you can, you know, talk about, you know, whatever, you know, was Willie Sneed and uh, Miles Boykin. I'm I'm even struggling to think of other wide receivers that play on that team because it's really like Mark Andrews, you know, let's maybe throw some passes to the Gus boss and 
you know, let's let's run it 48 times. So I actually think his best case scenario for Hollywood Brown is if somebody like Corey Davis signs there, somebody who is just enough of an improvement to the other receivers where he might take some focus away, but still open up enough targets and keep Hollywood himself involved. I think that's the tier of guy you have to hope signs there. Uh, and that's actually a really good point. I didn't even think about kind of the, I guess you call it that second tier of wide receiver, maybe signing instead of one of the, you know, top guys, you know, another name I've heard is Kenny Holiday is like a, you know, a player that. That would be so, awful. Well, listen, a- any of the big names, if they sign with Baltimore, it's awful. I mean, pick a name, but, but Jake brings up a good point that if that like Corey Davis type, you know, signs there that might be something where you know he's going to be touted as the number one but it all that really means is that the you know the number one corner is going to be on him and that may allow hollywood to do what he does best and that's you know beat somebody off the line go long and catch a deep pass so so yeah uh rocky hold if you are a hollywood fan Go out there and see, you know, go out there and throw out a, a, you know, early third and see if that'll get you some Hollywood and you can, you know, roll the dice. All right. So this this was this was a fun one. Uh, so this is from Dave at Toronto FF8. He said, OK, so tell me how wild this is and if it's legal or ethical. This didn't happen. Just a wild thought completely swapping rosters with another team. Let's say both parties prefer the other person's squad. Would it be fair if both agreed to swap teams? And then he said, wonder if it's ever happened. So uh, let's start with the, the end first. Have you ever seen something like that happen? Have you seen two owners just say, we're swapping teams. I'm trading my entire team for his entire team. Bill. I have not seen that. Jake? No. I think it would be magical if it did. <laughs> uh, I think it would be absolutely magical. First of all, hi, Dave. Uh, I love Dave. Uh, I-, I think that this is such an interesting hypothetical because I'm trying to imagine the two owners, first of all, coming to this decision together. Like, how did this conversation start? Why did it start? Was it just a lot of... I love... Like, somebody said Trey was like six guys for like five guys, and they're like, you know what? At this point, why don't we just do the whole deal? And if I'm the commissioner in that league and it comes back through that they want to swap, I would allow it. I would absolutely allow it. Yeah, it's it's a trade. Like, it's instead of just trading three guys for three guys, you're trading your whole roster for someone else's whole roster. And some of the comments on this tweet were kind of cool, like, uh, some people said that that's happened as um, punishment or maybe reward for a bet. Uh, they you know, two guys made a bet, two girls made a bet, and they you know they said, hey, if you know if I win the bet, I get your team. If you win the bet, what up? And it ended up happening. Um, I I've never seen it happen. I think it would be a super cool thing to see happen. Um, there's a lot of people that love to trade. We have, you know, the DAP 
the DAP network of podcasts has the trade addicts. So maybe if, uh, if somebody wants to uh, go ahead, maybe convince Russ. I feel like this is something Russ would do. Uh, I agree. Just, just trade your your entire team for for Russ's entire team and go for it. I think it would be really cool if you know. And if anyone is listening to this and they have seen it happen or hurt or they've done it themselves, reach out and let us know. It would be uh, it would be cool to kind of see what you had and what you what your team was and what you gave up to get the team you currently have because. But it's totally not like unethical or anything like that. That's just like making a one for one trade, right? Like, I mean, one whole team for another whole team. I mean, you're just trade like it really is the same thing. Like, if the values are similar, right? Like, I mean, if you're the first place team and somebody else is the twelfth place team, then there might be an issue. But like, I think as a whole, like if the teams are middle of the pack or something, you know, what the hell? Let's let's uh, see this. Uh, See what happens, you know. See if you can improve my team or whatever, you know, or driving it in the ground. Right. But but you know what, Bill, you bring up an interesting point. Like, what if it's the first place team and even the tenth place team in a in a twelve team league? Like, you know. And I kind of look at it like this. You know, we talk. We you know we see trade polls all the time. You know, I traded Saquon for like a first and you know Deontay Johnson, and people are like, "You're crazy, man! Like that's a stupid trade." And we don't know what's going to happen. If you did that two years ago, you know, Saquon with the high ankle sprain, and then this year Saquon with the, you know, with the ACL, like that first could have been Justin Jefferson. <laughs> like, and we're talking about like Justin Jefferson and Deontay for Saquon. Two years later, that looks like a good trade, you know, so we can't even say like, I, or I, I shouldn't say we can't. I can't personally say, even if it's the first place team and the 10th place team, like maybe it's a little fishy because maybe the guy has won. I mean, I think you are you have a league like this, Bill, where you've won like three out of the last four years or something like that. And maybe you're just like, hey, like I want a challenge. Like give no, me this. I'm not doing that. No, I know you're not doing it, but. But other more adventurous people may say, I've won this league a bunch of years in a row. That was my 36 game in a row uh, win streak. So I am not doing anything with that team. But, but some more adventurous people than Bill may say, you know, all this or winning. Stupid. I want to, you know, I want to take this 10th or 11th or 12th place team and bring them back to where that powerhouse of a or team arrogant. is. arrogant. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that arrogant. You th- I don't think I can do this, build this team again. So there's no way. I do feel like this has to come with a caveat, though, because let's say that this this trade goes through. And first of all, I'm team never veto. So as a commissioner, I just let your do what you want to do, yep. uh, unless there is clear cut collusion. The only caveat I would say is you'd have to watch because, like, let's say it is the first place guy with the tenth place person or whatever. And they make that trade. And then the person who was in first place just bounces because mm. they wanted to leave the league. And this was kind of their grenade to the league yeah. before they left. Then obviously you have to deal with that. You have to reverse that. Yes. Put the team back where it was. That's my only caveat. And and, and I, I agree with that. You, you know. Look at you I'm bringing just... voice of reason into this. <laughs> but, you know, I, I also think and, you know, Bill and I always talk about league bylaws here, you know. 
that seems like that falls under the uh, the best interest of the league clause. Like, hey, like I wrote down a bunch of stuff here, but if something weird happens that I've never seen before, like, I don't know, two guys trade their teams or two ladies trade their teams, and then something even weirder happens where the person who received that first place team just decides, hey, you know, I'm out, I'll see you later. Hey, you have that little clause in your back pocket to be like, all right, we're not going to do this. We're going to, you know. We're going to reverse it and we're going to do it the right way. But yeah, Dave, uh, this I saw this tweet and I, I bookmarked it because I was like, we got to talk about this. This uh, this is such an interesting idea. Uh, and like I said, I, I'm serious. If if anyone has done this before or seen this done in a league, uh, hit us up. Let us know kind of if you know any background behind behind how it happened. I saw some people say, you know, it happened as a result of a bet. It happened as, you know, some kind of a league punishment, you know, or something like that. And um, and let us know because, you know, there I, I have a couple of dynasty rosters right now. I wouldn't mind if someone just traded me their team straight up for my team. So, uh, so but, uh, yeah, you know, that's pretty cool. So we're going to uh, we're going to move on here and. Um, we have we have this guy, uh, Jake Fing Trowbridge. Who's that handsome sounding guy? I mean, <laughs> straight straight stud if I've ever heard of one. <laughs> at Jake Trowbridge, uh, Ryan Tannehill finished as a top ten QB in points per game each of the last two seasons, and all of you are treating him like a reheated fish stick. First of all. The That's sl- disgusting. The slander that you put on fish sticks. Reheated fish. That's no. Hey, he didn't uh, say they're bad. No. Just, you go to the freezer. Is that the first thing that you want to pick out? Is that the very first thing that you go for? Is the fish sticks? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen, I have three kids. It might be the first thing I go for. Okay. <laughs> so, quick question: Do you, what do your kids put on fish sticks? Uh, my son is straight, no condiments on anything. So he's Mm -hmm. eating the fish stick as is, uh, my daughter loves ketchup with everything. So she is dipping hers in a little bit of ketchup. I think there's a disproportionate amount of people that use ketchup on fish sticks. What's your condiment of choice? I mean, I'm not eating fish sticks. Like, I mean, that's where I'm at, but. Like, I mean, I would use, like, I don't even know what I would do. Tartar sauce? Would you be a Pro- tartar sauce? Probably tartar sauce, yeah. Ranch I'm dressing, not- maybe? I don't know. Get huh, crazy. I've never considered that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, when it comes to the fish sticks, I am a, uh, I am a ketchup guy. I will catch up that guy. So, uh, How about you, Jake? Uh, I don't know. I don't know the last time I've had a fish stick. I know <laughs> that's kind of where it's I am. Interesting to think about. I think yeah. the last time I had it, it was like a, a side to mac and cheese. And I there say that it was the side to mac and cheese, not that mac and cheese was a side to the fish stick. By the way, that's the right. hierarchy that I've deemed here. Yes, it is mac and cheese, and then it is fish stick. And that is about what I think of Ryan Tannehill uh, from the consensus point of view right now. I think everybody. He, he could be a mac and cheese. He could be a little bit hardier out in the consensus world. He's not. He's the fish stick right now. So I was listening to um, Dynasty Theory, and they were kind of talking about this and um, about how, um, 
he is underrated, right? And they were talking about like maybe trying to make a move for him or move Stafford to somebody because of the hype and get him plus. And that sounded like a really smart, you know, move right now. Like, because they're similar, I would say, right? If you can do that, I would want that Tannehill plus every single time. Yeah. And we're talking about the hype, of course, and this is right. the perfect hype bubble, I guess, to make a move like that. Because I really do value them from a fantasy perspective as being very similar right now. Right. So I thought that was a, a pretty good suggestion. So um, I'm not going to steal their idea, but I will credit their idea. Uh, you should steal their idea and try to get yourself as much. Oh, I'm going to steal it, but I'm going to credit it. plus as you can. And, and by the way, Jake, you know, another good one. Good mac and cheese. You you just build the rest of the meal around the mac and cheese. The mac and cheese is your quarterback if it's good. You, yeah. th- then you're just getting some, you know, you want to get some some good receivers, maybe a nice uh, homemade biscuit, maybe a nice piece of fried chicken. Those are your, your wide receivers. And you got to put that line in front of it. You got to get some kind of vegetable in front of it just because it has to be done, you know. Yeah, sure. Get your broccoli. Get your big broccoli guys out there. There you go. Crowd you know, the line. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe some collard greens if you if you know someone who knows how to make them correctly. You know, that's your line. Like, it's not going to get the respect it deserves, but you need it. You need it on the plate. And then you just you just go, man. You just you just have yourself a high powered meal with the mac and cheese as as the quarterback, as the main event. But uh, yeah, you know what? It's so funny how we look at certain players. You know, we look at uh, Ryan Tannehill, and and last year I was in a uh, four I fourteen team superflex startup, and I went very QB heavy because the the room was not taking quarterbacks for whatever reason. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, I took Ryan Tannehill as my fourth quarterback. That's that's plain robbery at so, that point. So I trade so I trade it down in the first round. Um I know uh a buddy of mine actually I know he wanted uh Lamar. So I traded down in the first Got some extra picks. Took Deshaun. Then I followed that up with Josh Allen in the second round. Um, then I think in the fourth, I had two fourths. So I did the Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, fourth round explode. And then everybody kind of figured out that if they don't start taking quarterbacks soon, <laughs> uh, they're going to be starting. Uh, you Mitch know, Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles because, you know, that. You almost, if you took one of them, you had to take the other one, which was funny to see uh, people go with that uh, strategy. But yeah, like, and, and I think I say this and then startups are going to happen. I'm going to be totally wrong. But I think this is the year that people actually put some respect on Ryan Tannehill's name. I mean, year one in Tennessee, it was like, well, he came in for Marcus Mariota and, you know, teams didn't really know what to do because they didn't know how Ryan Tannehill would react in that offense. And then this year it was, it was kind of lucky what he did last year. He was like historically efficient. Like it's not going to happen a second year. And now that they've kind of seen that, like maybe Ryan Tannehill is just good and his time in Miami, 
while it's better than a lot of people would like to remember, it wasn't memorable. Um, it was never was sexy. It was never, ever sexy. A lot like his receiver at that time, Jarvis Landry, who is, these are guys that are not going to get headlines. And you're not going to feel like a stud when you draft them, probably. But you're going to feel really good about it about eight weeks in when they're consistently putting up points for you. But but you know who I blame? I blame the girl that everyone thinks is hot. And in that in this situation, it's Adam Gase. Everyone thinks the girl is hot. But like if you kind of look behind her and the bravado and the loud voice and all the makeup, and you kind of look behind her and you see like who she hangs out with, you realize that like her friends are actually like not only better human beings, but like they're also like prettier than her. But like this is a really odd, like, you know. Bill Bill I'm Bill, here for this roller coaster. I don't know where it's <laughs> headed, but I'm here for it. Well, you know, because it, in my life, you know, you you go to you go to bars and stuff, and there's always like the group of girls, and there's like the one girl who's kind of like the leader of the pack. It happens with guys too. But there's the she's like the loudest and she's like the most vocal, the most outgoing. And that's usually the girl who has like, you know, the, you know, like the, the prettiest clothes. That's not a good word to use, but I can't think of any other word. And she has the makeup on and you look at her and she and you're like, oh, OK. And then like you look at her friends and you're like, oh, her friends are actually better than she is. Yes. Yes, I'm the girl in the story, even though I said it was Adam Gase five minutes ago, Larry. Stick with the story, damn it. And, and that's, what, that's what Adam Gase is. He makes you think that he's making this all happen, but like these players are actually good, and once they leave, Jarvis Landry, Adam, uh, Ryan Tannehill, everyone on the Jets next year, buy all the Jets. Get Robbie yourself. Anderson this year? Yes. To a certain extent? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. There's no question about that. So, you know, we we just thought that Ryan Tannehill was what he was in Miami, which is like, okay, but not super memorable. And now we're seeing that with like actual competent coaching, you know, obviously his offensive coordinator has just been hired as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. You know, I think Mike Vrabel actually knows how to put people in position to do what they do well. Um. Yeah, I think this is the year that he doesn't get disrespected. Now we're going to do startups, and I'm probably going to be wrong, and he's still going to be criminally underrated, but that's fine. I will take me a whole bunch of Ryan Tannehills and just be happy about it. For sure. I think as long as Tennessee can keep 80 to 85% of their success in the run game, Ryan Tannehill is always going to be very good. That's yeah. how he thrives. I, I would never expect him to be in an offense where it is entirely on his shoulders, but he does what he does very well, and he's very effective at it. I, I don't think he's a game manager, by the way. I think he's better than that. I just think that that offense is something that is so key to it. Now, if Derrick Henry leaves and they aren't able to capture, again, that 80 to 85% in that backfield, then maybe I get a little concerned, but I don't think you have to worry about that right now. Yeah, and you, I think he has, what, at least one more year. Derrick Henry does. Uh, he's under contract for at least one more year. Uh, you have to believe that either via free agency or via the draft, they're going to get somebody to replace Corey Davis. So they're going to have A.J. Brown on one side. They're going to have a pretty good receiver on the other side. 
they're going to have Derrick Henry. Like, let's go. Like, let's keep on the ride. To, and if you have Ryan Tannehill, please, please don't trade him for, you know, don't trade him and something else for your Matt Stafford. Don't, don't do it. But worst case, I mean, even if he struggles, like he's still a top 20. So like, right, like he's a top 20 quarterback. I mean, there's so many quarterbacks that like, I, I at least trust him to have him on my roster for, you know, two, three years at a minimum. So like, even if he does struggle a little bit, he's, I'm happy to have him as my QB two and a super flex. Yeah. Like, why not? Especially if you're like, rocking a top five six guy as your qb1 and then ryan Tannehill as your qb2 like let's go like and, and people please public service announcement like Jex, jake said don't don't let him fall don't don't let ryan Tannehill fall don't let him go like qb like 15 or 16 i'm i'm actually curious on what his uh where he was being drafted last year because i feel like it just, it was way lower than he should have been. If I can get him as a fourth quarterback in a 14-team super flex, I mean, eh, it ain't right. It ain't right. <laughs> and I really do appreciate, too, the, the point that Bill just put out there, which is quarterback shelf life seems to have really taken a hit lately. And maybe it's just this offseason and it's all recency bias because half of the league is either not going to stay as a starter in their team or they're not going to be a starter at all next year, it seems like. And so if you can get the guy with the locked in, again, it's not sex appeal. There's not a lot <laughs> where you're like, oh man, I'm super excited to have Ryan Tannehill on my team. But there's a place for security in your lineups to a certain extent. Not everybody can be Patrick Mahomes. Sorry. Sometimes you need these guys who are just steady Eddie for you. Um, and yeah, if you can find a three-year starter at this point, you almost have to lock yourself in. Well, I think it was like Adam Schefter or one of one of the big insiders tweeted that like half the league is looking to switch up their quarterback position. And you know, we've already seen it with the the Stafford Goff trade. Um, I put a a tweet in the uh in the FTC, the fantasy timeline chat, a Raiders insider has said that teams are calling about Derek Carr and Vegas is willing to ship him in order to get pieces to put together for a package to get Deshaun, you know, and that's another thing like Deshaun may be on the move. Go ahead, Bill. So I was listening to NFL on Sirius, uh, whatever the channel channel 88 and they were talking about that there was the makings of that and that but they needed to get two first round picks for car so that they could give the two first round picks they get for car plus their next two first round picks and i'm thinking in what world is somebody paying two first round picks for Derek car or david car or whatever his name is and like i just can't see that can you like i think I mean, if you get a late first-round pick for him, I mean, he's what I consider a game manager. Okay. But maybe I'm undervaluing him. I don't know. But, like, it just seems like that would be super uh, ambitious to expect two first-round picks for him. But here's my counter to that. Before 
the Stafford trade, if I told you Detroit was going to get Goff two firsts and a third just for Stafford, you would have been like, I mean, you would be happy about it. Yeah, but you're not taking into account Goff's contract, and that's why they got that. Like, before that trade happened, I would have been happy for the Lions to get a first round and a second round pick. Like, I would have been really happy with that. So the whole thing is because Goff, they had to move Goff so they could get Stafford because his contract is just so ludicrous. So, like, there's not many teams that are willing to accept Goff's contract just as is. But I I saw a tweet from, maybe it was Tom Pelissero, who said that there were five other teams that were willing to give up a first for Jared Goff. So I don't know if this was necessarily a salary dump because mm, it, if yeah. that's the case, why wouldn't they just take the first for Goff and then still trade? Well, that makes first. me question if there really was offers of a first round pick for Goff. Well, I you know I'm just looking at what. Do you know what I mean? Because like logically, that makes sense. What you're saying, like that would be the progression, right? But, but again, we're also looking at the Rams who don't give a crap about draft picks. Like, their last first-round pick That's was true. 2016 when they took Goff. Jared Goff. Yeah. And they don't And they again. realize they're like, fuck, we're bad at this. We better just uh, trade these away and get real players. Just like Jake in, uh, you know, <laughs> Dynasty. He trades his first. This is exactly how I would be as a real NFL GM. This would be my exact movement making. So and, I get it. The, and they don't have another first until 2024. So the Rams really don't care. Like draft first round draft picks mean nothing to them. They they'll get their Jalen Ramseys and their Matt Staffords and they'll get those guys with first round picks. And so I don't know. Like it depends on who you believe. Everything is spin, and I get that. But Look, I, I would have been, if you would have told me the day before the trade, they're going to get Jared Goff two first and a third for Stafford, I would have been like, I think you're asking for a lot there, but that's what they got. And maybe Derek Carr gets them one first. Maybe someone's crazy enough to give them two. I don't underestimate any owner or any NFL GM from making a crazy move just to make the crazy moves. And to give themselves a little bit of wiggle room, I think what we're seeing a lot now with all of these trades and potential trades here coming up again, I expect to see a lot of them this off season. And part of it has to be that built in. Well, if we trade for this other guy, I almost give myself an extra chance here, an extra shot at redemption. If I stick with what's not working, even if it's a good quarterback and it doesn't work again this year, I might be on the hot seat. If I take a risk on this other new guy, not only can my arrow go completely up and I can change things around, but if it doesn't work, well, it was his first year here. What do you want me to do with this yeah. new guy? Give me another year to sort this out. And, and I don't know if that's some of the, the mentality of owners, but it kind of feels that way. Yeah, and I think we, I think the Patrick Mahomes contract has kind of put us in a, a brave new world for quarterbacks because it used to kind of be that you just had to incrementally beat the last highest paid quarterback. And now nobody is, nobody is beating Patrick Mahomes contract for a very long time. So now you kind of are in this spot where it's like, 
okay, the second highest paid guy is Deshaun Watson, the guy we were talking about. So now it's almost like, well, do I make our guy? And this is, this is the Dallas question. You know, do we make Dak the new second highest paid guy? Because that, you know, they can franchise him again. And then you just kick this can down the road one more year and you still have to figure out the same question. So it's kind of like, all right, do we make Dak the new second highest paid guy? Or do we just say, all right, Dak, we're going to trade you for, you know, two firsts and a third or three for, or whatever you can get for him, whatever the trade market says he's worth. And, you know, reload and, you know, either try to trade up or maybe you get a high pick and you, you take a guy and you, you know, kind of redo it. And I can't remember which pod I was listening to, but they were saying, you know, almost, you know, bring the college strategy into the NFL, like, all right, four years. And then we're, we're on to the, the next, you know, five-star recruit we bring in, you know, and we, we draft a guy early, maybe year three, and then after year four, all right, new guy, you're up. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because a lot, a lot of quarterbacks moved last year, and I think a lot are going to move this year, and I think it's going to start becoming the trend in the NFL. So should should be fun to what find out. What do you think out. about that? Like, I mean, I think you got to have players that are, like, you know, you gotta have veterans. You gotta have guys who are are that way. But quarterback wise, like if you don't if you don't hit like one of those top ten quarterbacks, I completely agree. Just let those guys go or try to trade them to somebody and and go again. Because do you want to be stuck with like I don't know, like who's a good who's like Andy Dalton? Like he's he's a solid quarterback, but he's not gonna be like a, a guy who's gonna you know win you games most of the time right so like but once the Bengals signed him to that second contract they're stuck right and I mean it was a pretty good contract and so like if you don't have that quarterback just you got to keep recycling or you got to keep you know just letting go and drafting somebody new and hope for the best you know like so many people just screw themselves by that second contract when they shouldn't and I think that's where the mentality in the NFL is changing. You know, yeah, I, I agree. Because Andy Dalton got what almost a decade in Cincinnati, and he was a good quarterback. You know, a lot of people put disrespect on his name, but he was a good. But he wasn't ever. You never looked at him and said, "This is the guy that's going to lead us to the Super Bowl. This is the guy that's going to you know win us twelve games and a couple of playoff games, and we get to the AFC Championship." Like, you never looked at Andy Dalton and said that. So. I think guys of that ilk are going to just get recycled more. I mean, we're even seeing it with like Jimmy Garoppolo now, like Jimmy Garoppolo is, you know, they're saying he's either going to get cut or, you know, one of the big rumors I see is going to be part of some package where they go get Kirk cousins and bring him to San Francisco. Who knows? Like, but we're going to see a lot of this movement, you know, a guy like Sam Darnold, like, this is going to kind of be, I think, his make it or break it year. Like, if he can ball out for the Jets or whoever else he ends up with, like, yeah, he's going to get, you know, that fifth-year option, and he's probably going to have to ball out again in order to get a big-time contract. But if he 
falls on his face either one of those last two years, you know, he's probably relegated to backup duty. But a guy like Sam or Sam, wow, Sam Bradford, I don't know why he popped up. But uh, Sam Darnold, you know, I think, you know, that that's his fate. Like if he can ball out for the next two years, you get a big contract. If you can't, backup, man. You, you get backup duty, you'll go around the league, you'll be backup for a bunch of teams, you'll still make a little bit of money. And and I think previously, I think a guy like Sam Darnold being the third overall pick probably would have gotten another chance to start somewhere else. You know, a team, you know, the Jaguars used to like to pick up guys that had no business being in the NFL and trying to play them so you know you have those teams that always made those bad moves but uh there's always those teams there that's why ryan fitzpatrick is still in the league because there's enough of those teams that find themselves in a situation where they have to call in the hired gun and bring in fitz magic and it's magical every time i i think his goal is to stay in the league till he plays for all 32 teams and you know good for him good for him you know who knows? Maybe he uh, maybe he ends up in Detroit next year to back up Jared Goff or take Jared Goff's job. Who knows? I mean, I'm gonna sound like a, a jerk here, but who's the uh, reception perception guy? Matt Matt Walden. Matt Harmon. Matt Harmon. Harmon. He was interviewing uh, Fitzpatrick today, and uh, they were talking about how many buttons you sh- is okay to have undone on a shirt at any one time, and like, dude, you got to look up, go to Matt Harmon's Twitter account and, and look it up. It's hilarious. Like, he is so entertaining. Like, I am smitten with Ryan Fitzpatrick. That guy is just, if I could be anybody, it would be that guy. Like, just a guy who, Harvard grad, just YOLO quarterback, you know, just love, love and life, you know. Good for him. I actually, well, I actually, this, and they should make a, a documentary about this, like, Fitzpatrick goes back to like the Harvard like class reunion, just full on like white silk shirt, three top buttons undone, beard just magically flowing, uh, and, and you know everyone else is in like a three piece suit. You know they they work on Wall Street or they they have some kind of startup that's worth a billion dollars, and he's like, eh, like don't care, like live in Miami right now, make millions of dollars. I get to dress like this every day. You guys see my no look pass in that game? You guys yeah. see that? Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Guess what? I'm so good. They didn't even let Tua finish games. They're just like, Ryan, we need you back, brother. Come come in. We need you. He goes, that's how good I am. All right. We're going a little bit longer. Jake, do you have the time for one more? Absolutely. All right. A little bit longer than we usually do, but this is so much fun that I, I want to keep it going. So uh, this is from Jake. Not you, Jake. But There's another one of us out there? I, it's a Doesn't very uncommon right. name, so when I found it, I felt like I had to throw it on here. Uh, this is at Jake Thorndike. Uh, I feel more confident saying that last name. Um, Blockbuster just went down in his 12-team Superflex League. So pick a side. So we have on one side, Matt Ryan, A.J. Brown, Darnell Mooney, and two 21-thirds, or Lamar Jackson, Debo Samuel, and Alan Lazard. 
So, Jake, you have a you have a confused face. So we're gonna go to Bill first. Uh, Bill, who who you got? Who do you like? And so why? blockbuster for me, this that's the word that kind of throws me here. Like I don't feel it's a blockbuster, um, but okay. So um, now on to the that. trade. Like I'm sorry, Jake, uh, not Trowbridge. And um, I mean, I think it's pretty easily Lamar Debo side for me. Like I love AJ Brown, and I think he's like the the top piece there. But I think like Lazard and Mooney pretty much rule each other out. The two thirds mean nothing to me. So like. Debo and AJ Brown, like I mean, I I like AJ Brown more, but just just the upgrade from Lamar or from Ryan to Lamar is so huge to me. Um, and I know that like during the season, I'd be able to trade him for so much more. So, like, I think it it's it's pretty easily the Lamar side for me. So so disrespectful, Bill. We have Lamar Jackson and AJ Brown in a trade, and it is not blockbuster enough. For it's you. not blockbuster to me. <laughs> oh man, so spoiled. I'm a dick. I'm sorry. Like so that's just how it is. Guy. Was yeah, this a direct to home video trade for you? Is yeah. that the the classification <laughs> that this falls under? I need uh, Mahomes to be in it for to be a blockbuster. You know? <laughs> Mahomes. Oh God. God I'm such a. I'm sorry. I'm just a dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jake. Twitter Jake at Jake Thorndike. The uh, the comments of Bill do not reflect the feelings and attitudes of this illustrious podcast. I feel awful. I feel awful. I'm sorry, Jake. Hey, you should be. Now we're we're gonna go to a much kinder, gentler Jake and see if we can uh, see see if we can get some respect put on this trade. So I you... I will put some respect on this trade. All right, who do you got? I actually think this one's closer than Bill does. Uh, I, I And that may be because I've invested so much time and energy in claiming that Matt Ryan is actually a good fantasy quarterback most of the time. And I every time I see a blurb come out from that team like this year, they're not trading Julio. They're not trading Matt Ryan. They believe in it. They're getting new offensive input. And I think this is going to be that boom year for Matt Ryan. So watch him you know, slip his way into the top five this year. Uh, now, obviously, longevity-wise, Lamar has him by a lot. Uh, Debo, I do feel, is being underrated. I remember this time last year, everybody loved Debo Samuel. And then Brandon Ayuk came to town, and everybody has just been, uh, their brains evaporated. What's that, uh, you know, men in black thing where they just, like, do the oh, wipe? Yeah. You know, the that memory wipe? They, yeah. Yeah. Yep. The wand. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, you, they got wanded. Everybody got wanded by uh, Debo Samuel uh, going to IR. And I understand the injury issues. And he's a little bit more gadgety than Brandon Ayuk is and all of this. But I still think that he's being undervalued. With that said, I like Mooney more than I like Lazard long term. I actually think Darnell Mooney can be a pretty competent, a continuous wide receiver. Never the guy, but he'll always be pretty good. Uh, and the thirds are what they are, you know? Um, I do like A.J. Brown, and I have to call myself out for not trusting in him enough the last two years. This is kind of going back to the Ryan Tannehill thing. I was banking on regression for the Titans this year, uh, and I looked dumb. So I do love A.J. Brown. It's not enough, 
to quite get me there because Lamar and Debo, I like a lot more. Uh, but I think it's closer than Bill said. It's not. So <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna lie, Jake. Uh, when I first saw this trade, I kind of had your face because I wasn't a hundred percent sure where what side I, I wanted when it came to this. Um, obviously, a lot to like with Lamar and Debo. Uh, a lot to like with AJ Brown on the other side. Uh, Matt Ryan, I do think, is underrated, um, and I am with you. I'm in the Darnell Mooney camp, especially since uh, I have a feeling that the Bears are going to struggle to find someone as potent as uh, Allen Robinson to uh, Bill's laughing uh, to to take away as many touches as Allen Robinson did. So. I like I like Mooney as well. Uh, I went with the Lazard, uh, or yeah, well, I guess it's technically the Lazard side. I meant the Lamar side. Um, I think if your team goes in the toilet and you're looking to trade assets, I think Lamar will fetch you a lot. I also think that Debo. I'll get one. <laughs> you'll get. <laughs> Um, I think that Debo, if he stays healthy, is the best wide receiver on that team. And I know the Brandon Ayuk crowd will come and try to fight me on that. But, you know, we forget, we quickly forget what happened last year. And we look at what happened this year and we just say that that's going to be what happens forever until the end of time, even though the year before we just saw something else. So, um, I, I go the Lamar side, but unlike Bill, I think when you, when you're throwing guys out there like Lamar and AJ Brown and to a lesser extent, Matt Ryan and Debo, it's blockbuster ish. You know, it's, you know, did you mention what the results were? I I'm going to do that right now, actually. Thank Uh, you, Bill, you and I are in the minority here. We are, uh, we all are 44.3% for the Lamar side, the Matt Ryan side with the 55.7. So Jake, you, you picked that side, right? The Lamar side. I did lean very slightly towards the Lamar side. So I, I fall into that minority. We all took, okay. So you just, you waxed poetic about Matt Ryan and, and, AJ Brown. Like, geez, get a room. I do what I always do, which is I just talk a lot, and then nobody knows what I'm actually trying to say. And well, that I was they can never pin it down on me. You know, I'm always sticking and moving. Yeah. And this is why Jake is great at what he does, because at the end of the day, you can't you can't pin him down on anything he got wrong. He's like, no, remember when I was talking this up? Yeah, that's what I really meant. And uh, so. So yeah, so we're actually we were all on the minority side of this trade, but you know what? That's cool because a lot of times when I'm uh, when I'm with the minority, I feel like I'm actually uh, going to end up uh, quote unquote winning the trade because uh, Twitter likes to uh, they like to to be in the moment, even though we're talking about dynasty leagues and what we uh, what we predict for the future. 
I never trust Twitter polls. And I say this as somebody who posts one almost every time I make a trade. <laughs> and I don't know why I do it because I shouldn't trust it. I, I do it and actually hope that people pick the other side of the trade because then I actually feel more confident in what I've done. So, so you pretty much don't respect Twitter's. I still had a moment there. Um, I respect Twitter for the intelligent people and the information they bring to me. But when you get a few hundred people in there, you know, there's going to be some trolls. Yeah, I mean, and there's recency bias. Like when something happens that week, like, I mean, if somebody blew up, everybody thinks they're the, you know, goat just because they had like a 150 yard game and the other guy only had 80. You know, it's like, it's so recency bias. It's almost comical in a way. Well, and if you look at kind of the Lamar side of this, you know, you would you would almost think that side would win because the last two guys out of everyone in this trade that you saw were Lamar, where, all right, wasn't his best showing. But you saw Alan Lazard, he, he dropped the long pass, but then he caught the long pass, and we were like, oh, Alan Lazard, you know, so. Um, but no, man, people people like uh, like Matt Ryan, they like A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown is probably a big catalyst for that side. But I think I think Mooney gets a lot of kind of underground love. Like there's a lot of people who actually like Darnell Mooney, but don't verbalize that they like Darnell Mooney. Like the three of us like Darnell Mooney. Um, but- he had like 90 some targets, like as a rookie, you know, for that shit team. But, but think about Twitter. Like all three of us are on Twitter pretty extensively. Like, how many Darnell Mooney tweets do you see? Like, we see tweets about everything. Every day I tweet. Every day you, tre- you tweet about Darnell Mooney? No, I don't even tweet every day. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> every day he wakes up and he stares at that Twitter app and he has this tweet. It's a glorious Darnell Mooney tweet. And it's saved in his drafts and he opens like, it up and he looks at it, but he can never quite click send. I don't want everybody to know about him. He's like, this is only for me. This, darn, this is for me and Darnell and no one else. Uh, so, so yeah. So, yeah, I kind of actually like when I'm on the the, uh, the losing side of a trade poll that I put up because then I feel a little bit more confident in what I've done. So, on that note, and Bill saying that I, I don't respect Twitter, lies. Whole show's around Twitter, Bill. Uh, Want to say... Thank you to our guest, um, Jake. It was awesome having you on. It was a whole lot of fun. Uh, Bill knows this. I don't. I don't do this very often, but dude, you got like a lifetime invite to the show. Uh, you don't. You don't even have to. Uh, you don't even have to let us know you're coming on. Just be like, hey, send me that link. We'll throw you on there with uh, either the two of us or whoever else we Ooh, have. VIP. Look at that, Jake. Red so, rope access. I love it. Thanks. So, I, I swindled you guys into thinking that I'm a, a good hang. That's what I excel at. Every subsequent time I would be on this podcast, it would just be that little bit worse. Perfect. Uh, and you That's would like eventually have do. to shove me out, you know? Yeah, I mean. We've gotten worse since day one, so it's perfect. <laughs> Bill, Bill likes to be humble. Um, he's been consistently good for 65 episodes. 
I, I left it all on the uh, left it all on the field episode one, and it's just been you know, I've been pretty much Ryan Fitzpatricking this thing for sixty four episodes. Tua, after you're Tua. I'm Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> no, you're Tua. Where it's like people don't give you the respect you deserve, but you're actually like pretty good. And I'm just Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm pretty fucking good. Good. Thanks, man. That compliment really took a turn there. I know. I feel like I just got kicked in the groin, but, you know, it's cool. Whatever. Jesus. If getting kicked in the groin is pretty good for you, there's another podcast for that. Not this one. Um, You know, I just grow out a beard. Um, You know, I don't let the chest hair hang out because, you know, I don't think it's that kind of a podcast. And I just, you know. I just kind of collect my checks, but uh, Jake, man, again, appreciate you for uh, appreciate you for coming on. Um, yeah, thanks. Let Jake. everybody know where they can find you, where you where you're at, what you're doing. Right on. Well, thanks for having me on. Seriously, guys, I, I had an absolute damn blast on this, so that was great. Woo. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm roaming around Twitter. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge around there. Uh, I host a podcast alongside with Dustin Luntz every week. It's the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. It's all right there in the name. Uh, you can find that show at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter. Yeah, and Jake, uh, if you ever need someone to just drink, I don't even have to talk the fantasy. Um, I've been I've been on a diet all year and have not had a drink, so you can. Uh, what? You can, yeah, man, I have been alcohol free. You are looking swell, wow, man. Well done. I've I've lost. Well, let's say I weighed myself yesterday eleven pounds. Nice, so. damn. Uh, so if you need, you know, two months of not drinking or a month and three days of not drinking feels like two months, uh, <laughs> invite me on. I'll just drink. You guys can talk fantasy and we'll just see what happens to me as, uh, as you see. Look, at, who, look at you just, uh, asking to be invited onto the actually, show. Actually, I'm just that asking sounds fantastic, for Honestly, <laughs> it's, he sounds like a cheap date. I mean, it's, he, it's really perfect. Oh, he's a cheap date. He keeps telling me when we meet up, he's a cheap date. <laughs> I am. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm very, uh, I'm very low brow. If you haven't been able to tell by my uh, my food takes, so you know, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't cost a lot. But uh, no, That's actually, awesome. actually, Bill, I'm just finding, uh, I'm just trying to get someone to give me an excuse to drink. So I figure. Fair enough. He, yeah, if I he can't invites me you. on the pot, I can at least be like. Now hold on, I don't want that responsibility. That sounds like a lot. Oh, it's of not on you. He's his You're own doing man. A good thing here. <laughs> no, the, I, I don't think you heard me correctly. I'm just looking for someone to give me the excuse. After you give me the excuse, what I choose to do with it is all on me. So all right, okay, I can handle that. So, but uh, it ain't on you. He's his own man. Yep. <laughs> damn right. Uh, so. Jake, uh, thanks again, man. And thank you to everybody in the chat. Uh, chat was lit as usual. Lindsay was out there. We had the main man, Larry Monkey, from the Dynasty Hot Sauce in here. We had Steve Dennis earlier doing the damn thing. Love it when you guys come on, ask questions. Just makes the show so much better. Uh, you're watching us on YouTube. Just make sure you hit that subscribe and that bell so you know when we go live. Uh, you also are going to see when anyone else on the DAP network does anything. So that's also cool because we have uh, we have the Trade Addicts pod on here. And we also have uh, uh, Get Real with Casey Kasem. Boy, that blanked on that for a minute, and that is terrible. I'm sorry, Casey. Um, also, if you're listening to us in podcast form, we appreciate that too. An hour and a half, you could literally be doing anything else with your life, but you decided to uh, take time out and listen to us. So 
We appreciate that. Uh, make sure, again, if you aren't subscribed for some reason, you do subscribe, rate and review so we can get out to more people and they can see what we're doing. And on that note, we are out of here. Late.